Hey, Sam. Ooh, hey, Bev. <laughs> that opened a lot faster than I thought it would, and it just kind of sprayed me in the face a little bit. <laughs> I was going to make some sort of weird joke about being sprayed in the face, then I decided that it sounded ridiculously inappropriate and wasn't necessary. Yeah, and like, you know, our 12-year-old boy humor kicks in sometimes, so, you know. It does. But what you drinking over there? So I am drinking um, from the Oscar Blues Brewery, Guns and Roses, or excuse me, Guns and Rosé, (laughs) 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 which is a rosé ale with hibiscus and prickly pear. That sounds delicious. And I have been to Oscar Blues. Oh, really? It's in Colorado, right? Yeah, it's kind of confusing because it says Colorado. It also says North Carolina and Texas. So they must be a little all over the place. Yep. They have another brewery in Asheville. Asheville is like the second Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But it says it's crisp AF. (laughs) And I just really appreciated that. I get this from that beer store where I got a lot of your beers from when I visited. Or I mean, like the ones I brought you. Um, yeah. And I am drinking it out of our Ward Off the Dicks with All the Positive Vibes camping mug. So that is fun. The best camping mug ever. Yes. So what are you drinking over there? I was just pouring it into my glass. I, I poured heard. it a little more aggressively than I meant to. <laughs> <laughs> I must really need it. <laughs> yes, you probably do. <laughs> This is a lavender lemon mead spritzer. Oh my gosh, that sounds fancy. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to see like if it has like a brewery or anything on it. It, I think New Day is who made it. Okay, but I don't know. I picked it up at Jungle Gyms. Yeah, it's NewDayCraft.com is their website, um, but they don't like call themselves a brewery probably because they're more like a like a fermentary you know because it's mead okay that makes sense yeah and i i picked this out because it's turning out to be a hotter day than i thought it was going to like when i dressed this morning i dressed in all these layers because it was in the 40s and i knew i was going to be outside doing garden stuff yeah i've like stripped all of that down now i'm in shorts and a tank top (laughs) oh i envy you it's like only 50 degrees here today and i'm just like this is ugh. Uh, it's, yeah, that's a little chilly for May. Yeah. Uh, it's not super hot here. It's only like 60s, but because I've been cutting grass out of the ground, like I've been really working hard, so I'm a little hot. <laughs> I'm a little sweaty. I'm like, I need something to cool off while we record. So, yeah. So I thought that sounded refreshing. This is just your hydration, dehydration break. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, and it's delicious. I mean, I love mead already as it is. Mead's like a honey wine Mm -hmm. for people that don't know what mead is. And to add like the bubbly and the lavender to it, it's it's pretty awesome. That sounds pretty magical. Yes, yes. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. That's Bev over there. And that's Sam over there. And this is the Farm Comedy Podcast that is an adult happy hour for your ears. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We want to create a community for farmers, whether you have a hobby-sized farm or a huge farm, to come listen and feel like you're not so alone in this farm thing. 
We keep it real with you and find humor in the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, and sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents. Yes, and speaking of those tangents, we cut a lot of those and stick them up on our Patreon page. Yeah, and the episode outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. So if you go to patreon.com slash drink and farm and become a patron at $2 or more a month, you're going to get access to all sorts of fun exclusive recordings and pictures. And if you're at $5 and above every three to four months or so, we send you a free gift for being one of our Patreons. So go check that out. Yes, 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 yes. And speaking of the Patreon, our drinks this episode are sponsored by at Ashley Kiernan. So cheers, lady. Cheers. Okay, so we don't have any corrections this week yet. (laughs) But we do have some follow-up. Yay, follow-up. Yeah, so the Girl Scouts community garden that we talked about last week, it sprouted. Yay! Which means that I can officially recommend the homemade seed mats that we talked about last week as an easy and legit way to plant a garden without wasting so many seeds. That is amazing. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that I was going to have to secretly replant that garden. (laughs) (laughs) But it turns out, no. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Yeah, well, I wasn't sure if the paper towels were too thick and like, you know, they'd rot and cause, you know, like root rot instead of actually letting the plant sprout. And I mean... I suppose that there's still kind of a possibility for that, but it doesn't seem super likely anymore because, like, the sprouts that we have up are a good several inches up. So I think that if they were going to cause any rot, they would have done so by now. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And someone in our Facebook group uh, mentioned how parenting is hard, period, in response to the chat we had last week about how we were feeling guilty for keeping a lot of our farming stuff to ourselves. So we just wanted to mention that we know it's hard, even for parents that seem to always look like they know what they're doing or look like they have it all together. And uh, yeah, we didn't want people to think that we were saying that those people don't have it hard, too, because like parenting is hard, hard, hard. Yeah. Everybody just has different thresholds for different aspects of the parenting, I think, like even this morning. Um my my stepkids are here as we record this and they were coming out like Soren had he's the he's like gonna be 10 in a few weeks he comes out and he's like he somehow like managed to lock his iPad out and he comes out or like the account part and he comes out and he's asking you know what street did I grow up on (laughs) like those knowledge-based questions (laughs) (laughs) and like we know he probably was doing something he shouldn't have been doing to lock it. So I was like trying to logically walk him backwards of what he was doing before, before to see if I could catch any kind of like, you know, lying behavior or anything. Then he walks out and then they come back out and they're asking things like, what's an African country? Because they're playing some word game on their iPads. And like, I'm like leading them into things instead of just giving them the answer because I want them to realize they're a little smarter than they think they are. Um, and not just spoon feeding them stuff. And Matt, they walk out and Matt goes, you're just so much more logical than me with this stuff. And it's like, for me, I think because of my work, and and that's kind of what I have to do during the week is sometimes pull information out of people or um, 
kind of ask the right questions. Um, for me, it just is normal behavior, but for somebody else, that might be a little more difficult and you might just tell them an African country and not try to encourage it out of them um, for the sake of time. So I think it's important to note that each of us have our own like strong suits just in our personalities and in life. So just because we look like we have it together in one area, we totally don't in other areas. Like I'm not going to share my farming stuff all the time. Yeah. But I'll coach information out of them. (laughs) Which I think is awesome. I think it's good that you found something like that, that you're good at. Cause it's easy to, it's easy to like beat yourself up all the time Mm -hmm. about the things that you feel like you're bad at. But I was thinking today, like I realized a lot of the shame that I feel about my parenting is all projected onto myself, like by myself. No one else is doing that to me. I'm, I'm doing it to myself. So. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that we're just like our most, we're our toughest critics. And I saw something today it's not about shame, but it's about anxiety. That anxiety is basically just conspiracy theories against yourself. I like that. And I was like, that is so true. <laughs> so it's kind of the same thing with shame if, if you're projecting it to yourself. <laughs> well, and I'm not super surprised that since I project anxiety onto myself that I also project shame onto myself. I'm on like those... Yeah. I'm on like this really weird journey of self-discovery and there's that word journey again that we hate so much, but <laughs> just don't stop believing in yourself, Bev. <laughs> That's right. That's Get what it. I'm working on. Journey. <laughs> <laughs> so we got our May honey and rue boxes in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was so excited when this thing finally showed up. I feel like we've been waiting for this one for a while because we knew there was like booze related stuff coming. Yeah. When it came, I actually ripped it open right away because I was so excited for the bottle opener. (laughs) And I realized I meant to pick out a beer that I could open with the bottle opener in this episode. And I totally forgot about that part. Yeah. Well, you know, I... I have a bottle opener on my desk where I record just in case I need it. So I might have to like switch those out now. Oh, that's a good plan. So I have the the more farming related one. The other one's like a shark bottle opener. <laughs> so I mean, sharks are cool too. You know, my yeah. podcast corner always has a bottle opener on it also. Oh, see. Mm-hmm. We're so prepared. We're like we Boy are. Scouts. We're Girl Scouts. <laughs> So, okay, obviously, I think we can say that our favorite thing is that bottle opener for obvious reasons, because it's perfect for drinking and farming. Yes. Um, and then also, I I haven't put them in my car yet, um, because I still want to take a picture of everything for the box. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those car cup holder coaster thingies are super cute, too, like way cuter in person. And I can't wait to put those in my car. Yeah, I can't wait to put it in my car also. My car's not here. Oh, no. And I wasn't going to put them in my husband's truck because they're mine. Yeah. So they're still sitting in their package. Yes, mine too. And I showed them to my husband and he didn't seem as excited as like I was about it. But good, then he won't steal them. Yeah, I mean, now you're going to have a chicken-themed license plate and chicken-themed coasters. Oh, that's true. Oh. Do you have any chicken stickers on your car? I don't. I don't. No. Well, I you should at least it. put a podcast sticker on your car. I've got one I in mine. I should do that now that we have one that doesn't have, like, drinking paraphernalia on it. 
Well, I guess it kind of does, but it's not as obvious. <laughs> I mean, it's so small. Like, you'd have to have laser eyes to see that that's a wine glass and a beer can on the top of the chicken. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. I don't put drinking-related paraphernalia on the outside of my car just because I don't need to be targeted for tickets. Yeah. Yeah. And my lease is going to be up in less than a year, so I might wait until the next one to put my Drink and Farm sticker on it. Oh, good point. Good point. So, I mean, I can also make as many as I want because I have all this stuff here, but... <laughs> Unlimited drink and farm stickers. Woo! <laughs> but back to our Henny and Rubox. Yeah. See? Tangents. <laughs> We're leaving that one in now because it's yeah. fun. <laughs> yes. Um. So, some of the other things that we got were some dried Kelsey worms, which I was happy to see that it was noted that these are grown in the U.S., so yay for that. And we also got a package of dry cider vinegar. I like to keep these inside my first aid kit so that if I run into a situation where I feel like the apple cider vinegar will help, I have it on hand even if I've run out in the kitchen. Yes. Agreed. And and just to remind everyone, you don't want to use that in metal containers, plastic only. Yes. Um. Because if you're in a, an emergency-ish situation, you might not think through that. So that's an important thing that you'll want to remember. Um, one of the other things we got was a vanilla fly repellent. Because apparently pests hate the smell of vanilla. So who doesn't love a safe way to keep flies out of the coop? And have you smelled some of those bug repellent things before? Oh my god, they smell like death. Yeah, and it's not really repelling. It's like, I guess, attracting. So they go into the little tube. So it's got to smell like garbage a little bit. (laughs) So at least this one, like I could easily hang this in one of my smaller coops. And I know it's not going to be overwhelming to the hens in there. (laughs) Yeah. And this um, item is actually a repeat item from sometime last year. But I remember when I got it last time, I hung it in the coop and I felt like it did help. And it actually did make it smell kind of pleasant in there. So Mm. I'll be hanging this up again in there until it runs out of smell. Maybe I need to make like, I need to get like a dozen of those and make a huge panel for Cluckingham Palace or just (laughs) hang them like, like throughout because it's so big in there. (laughs) Like bunting. You could have a bunting of them. Yes. There we go. Fun. Uh, One of the other things we got was Espama odor control, which is perfect for the weather warm up. It's getting real hot outside in some places. Obviously not Michigan right now. But I think we've gotten that or something similar before as well. And for my smaller coops where I kind of do, I'm doing my little breeding experimentations, um, that stuff kicks butt because it just comes in a, a little package. It's easy to use and it kind of prolongs the life of the litter that I have in there. So I really like that stuff. Yeah, I like that stuff too. I use it under the roost bars whenever Ooh, I get some that's a good in, idea. Because it helps me from having to clean the coop quite as often. I mean, not mm. to be like gross or anything, but sometimes I like to be lazy. Yeah, or if it's like in the middle of the week and you're noticing it's funky and you can't get to, to it till the weekend, like it just extends it and makes it more pleasant for your flock and for you until you can get to it. Yes, yes, yes. That's much better than what I said. See, I'm not lazy. I'm just... <laughs> You're a busy human being. Too busy. No. (laughs) Busy editing our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
And we also got a mealworm pie, which is a great source of fat and protein. It's kind of like a suet block for your chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are always fun to, like, throw it. I like to just throw them in the, into the yard because, you know, I have, like, 70 chickens. And then just see them all crowd around and everybody try to get a little bite. It's entertaining to me. <laughs> Since you have so many chickens, we need to do one of those time-lapse videos of you with a wheelbarrow of scratch making them into a heart. Have you seen that on the internet? Oh, yeah. I have seen that. That would be cute. I feel like... Maybe we can make that work when I come visit sometime. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's like, you guys are crazy. Kind of like I had to help you put tutus on your goats. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if you can't have fun while you're farming, then it just just doesn't seem worth it. (laughs) What is even the point? (laughs) We also got another item for the humans that's like this little container of solid perfume and it's got this yummy springtime scent. So uh, that one's like an easy thing to keep in your purse or in your car or something to like just dab on yourself. You know, probably like after you're doing chores and you like, oh, crap, I got to run to the store, but I have goat shit on me. You know, you can just rub some of that on yourself. It might cover it up. Let us know if that works. Yeah. And (laughs) I really like these. Um, We got one of these last year also, but it was in the hay scent. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And I like this springtime scent too, but it was fun to have something that was like farm smelling, but like fresh farm smelling. Yeah. I want someone to make a pine shaving one. Ooh. I would good. wear that. We also, of course, got the nesting box liner. And just so you guys are aware, the retail value of the May box was $55, which is a really good bang for your buck since the subscription box is just under $30 before shipping. So that's a pretty dang good deal. Like you got quite a bit of value this month. Um, yeah. And I feel like you usually do every month. So keep that in mind if you're kind of on the fence about ordering a subscription box, especially one that's like chicken driven, um, you're, you're getting a lot of value. Yes, yes. And we have a fun sneak peek for the June box. It is the Free Range Chicken Gardens by Jessie Bloom. And I actually really love Jessie Bloom. She is a like a garden author, I think is a good word to use to describe yeah. her. She yeah. does uh, she writes about permaculture and her latest book is about creating sanctuary in your yard, which is oh. like um, like out of your garden and whatnot. But this Free Range Chicken Gardens book has been on my list for a long time and I have just never ordered it. So when I saw it was the sneak peek, I was like, yes, <laughs> Tina's my, reading my mind. <laughs> my procrastination has paid off. <laughs> I mean, it usually pays off. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> But yeah, so this book is, um, it was written to inspire chicken keepers to create functional and beautiful outdoor space while providing a safe environment for chickens to free range. And it'll cover things like fencing, chicken-friendly plants, sample garden designs, and a ton more. So if that kind of piques your interest, or if any of the other items that we've talked about previously, um... As you can tell, there's usually some kind of like first aid or something to help you take care of your chickens in every single box. Um, it's a great way to try new products. So if you go to honeyandroo.com and use code Drink and Farm at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your first subscription box. 
And then once you're a subscriber, you get 10% off of everything in the shop. So some of the stuff we talked about in this episode and previous episodes, um, it's hanging out in that shop and you can go get it at a discount after you order your first box. So what are you procrastinating for? Stop it. Go do it. Now. (laughs) Now. Today. (laughs) Today. Not not while you're driving. No. Later, if you're driving. But now. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we can waltz right into this episode. Yes, yes. Yes, we can. And today, you know, it's so funny. Bev and I were talking about this, you know, before we got on, sometimes I feel like, and I know she feels like, we're like, what the hell are we going to talk about this week? And then all of a sudden, we realized there's so much going on around us. And, you know, we talked about the sitcom last week, Bless This Mess. And this past week ep- episode, as we record it now, it's Saturday. So by the time you hear this, there'll be another episode. But episode four has a theme of gender roles on the farm. And if you heard my rant last week about the entertainment writer that remarked that the show wasn't, like, political enough, then you are safe to assume that when I saw this episode, I totally told him to suck it. Like, in my brain, I told him that, not out loud. But I don't know. You sent it to me in a text message, (laughs) so that's kind of, like, out loud. That's true. That's true. But if you haven't seen that episode or other episodes, you can go check it out. Because I think they did a great job balancing the topic of traditional versus non-traditional gender roles in a hilarious and respectful way um, without polarizing either sides. And maybe that's what that writer was looking for, was more polarization of things. Like, it's my way or the highway, one way or the other. Um, And you don't get that with this show. So maybe that's his problem with it. I'm not sure. But I thought this was a really good um, topic, and so did Bev, to talk about this week, about crushing or maybe even embracing uh, typical gender roles on the farm. Yeah, because, like, if you're down with gender roles, it's totally okay. We aren't attacking anything um, that, you know, would be called traditional gender roles at all. If it works for you and your lifestyle, that's totally awesome. And I find myself personally, and I think Sam's going to be a similar way, is in some ways I'm really traditional, but then there are several ways where I'm not at Mm -hmm. all. Absolutely. Because we're human beings and we're just, you know, I I was going to say more complicated than that. I like (laughs) to say that people are complicated a lot, but I don't want to infer that people that are traditional gender roles across the board are not complicated because you're complicated human beings also. So I'm going to backtrack that, (laughs) but I'm going to leave it in so that you hear where my (laughs) thought process went. (laughs) But I think the really beautiful thing about being female in 2019 is that you have the choice to be completely traditional or completely non-traditional or a mix of both. Like, I think that is really important to point out that you have that choice. You're not pigeonholed one way or another. Um, At least I don't feel like I am. Maybe there are people in certain situations that feel like they're influenced to be more traditional or even non-traditional because if they're not, they'll be looked down upon. But I feel lucky that I can be free to figure out what I want to do and how I want to do it. And nobody's really going to stop me. Yeah, I think some of it's going to depend on where you are regionally and what your family feels 
Mm -hmm. uh, is appropriate or what your religious practice or beliefs um, say is the way to go. So, yeah, some people probably do still feel pigeonholed in 2019. But, yeah, I don't feel pigeonholed either. Yeah. So we wanted to talk today about our own experiences on our little farms and feeling empowered to try things that may at one time have been considered maybe man's work, or maybe if you're a guy listening, maybe you're not feeling super empowered to do what would be considered women's work, even though it's something you enjoy. So I think we, I think I saw a post from you, Bev, about like a year ago. It was one of the first posts I remember from you of you um, doing, I think it was like a beach body workout. And oh yeah, there was a blog post about being strong enough to do farm work. Yep. And I think sometimes it can be really easy to avoid certain things (laughs) or like lifting heavy things. Um, Like for me, even just like a five gallon bucket of water at first was a real struggle. But (laughs) as like I continue to force myself to take that to the goats, like it became easier and easier. So sometimes it's almost easier to like default to I'm not strong enough right now to do that. um, So I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I remember when we first got here, I struggled a lot with all of the stuff that needed to be done around here. I kept injuring myself over and over again because I was uh, doing things that were too heavy (laughs) or (laughs) like I just wasn't, I didn't have the core strength, I didn't have the leg strength. And so what I did myself was I decided to join a workout program so that I could get stronger. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that I, I mean, I hate to say that all of it was for nothing, but sometimes I kind of feel that way. Shortly after I actually got strong enough to like fling a 40 pound feed bag over my shoulder or like huck around a bale of straw, we got into that really bad car accident. So, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I am like back to that point where I can't really lift things anymore or do like some of that heavy stuff. So I really do rely on people around here to help me. But mm-hmm. I have also figured out how to work around that limitation because mm-hmm. even gosh it's been almost a year and two months since that accident or maybe it's like a year and a month it almost doesn't matter it's over a year I'm still struggling with it mm. so yeah I've, I'm using our tools efficiently to do things by myself because now I've had the time to figure that out so I've gone from feeling not capable to feeling super capable to feeling super not capable again to Mm -hmm. figuring out how to just make it work with my limitation. Yeah. No, that's really interesting because I think too, as women, we have, you know, different communication styles and different ways of thinking, which can actually be really good on the farm from a business or even just a planning perspective for your own hobby. Um, Because we, we're super resourceful And we can figure out, I can't physically do this and that's okay, but this is what I can't, this is what I can do. Or these are the things I can do to still accomplish that. And I'm not saying men can't do that. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. But when you think your stereotypical man is strong and maybe even a little stubborn, um, they, they might just continually like keep lifting the heavy things, even if they are hurting. I know my husband does. <laughs> I'll throw him under the bus a little bit. Um, 
because he's very stubborn and likes to lift heavy things. So, um, yeah, I think it's great that you figured out, you problem solved in a way that um, you can still do those things that, you know, might be considered man's work um, in your own way. And, and you, and you pointed out another good point too. I think a lot of this farming thing too, is relying on other people to help you and it being okay to admit that you do need help. Um, and, and that just because you're not doing it by yourself doesn't make you anything less than, you know, asking for help, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought that out because I, I see a lot of, um, self-sufficiency, thrown around Mm -hmm. like as a Mm -hmm. word and that's never been one of my goals because my goal was always wanting to connect with other people I felt even though I was surrounded by people when I lived in the suburbs I felt really alone Mm. there okay so I would I would be in a crowded room and feel like the loneliest person on the planet Mm. but here where I don't see as many people I feel like I make a greater connection with them when I allow myself to be helped by them or I go and get to help and contribute to something that they're working towards on their lands. Like, I feel like that gives me a greater connection with people when we are able to rely on each other for stuff. Right. Plus there's some things I just don't like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I agree. I see, you know, I don't want to say this in a way that it's going to come off like screw your self-sufficiency because that's not it at all. But I think it would be very easy to fall into a trap of seeing all these badass women on Instagram doing all these things um, and maybe not seeing that they have some form of struggle or that they might ask for help sometimes. Maybe it's just not as apparent on their feed for whatever reason. That it is okay to ask for help. And just because you ask for help doesn't mean that you're not an independent woman. Like, I think asking for help is, like, a very um, powerful and um, shows a sign of, like, emotional strength, too. Yeah. Um, to be able to admit those things. Because I know I can be just as stubborn as my husband and be like, no, I don't need your help. <laughs> <laughs> and I can totally be stubborn like that, too. <laughs> yeah. So I think, like... Um, it's really easy to feel like you should be polarized one way or the other. And it really, in my mind, should be more of a balance between, yep, I can do this on my own and no, maybe I need help with this. No matter what your gender is. I don't care what your gender is. Like that applies to everyone. Well, and sometimes depending on what it is you're doing, it's way more fun when you're doing it with a group and you all have a beer in your hand. That is true. Unless there are like power tools involved, then I hope it's not like too many beers in your hand. But yeah, no. <laughs> I was thinking more along the lines of like working in the garden or picking fruit yes. from the orchard, just not on ladders while you're drinking. Yeah. Yes. This, the easier things. Like I can, yes. you know, keep my uh, lidded wine tumbler away from the poop area, but go take a sip of it in between, you know, scooping poop out of the barn. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) And uh, one of the other things, too, uh, so my husband and I watched that episode of Bless This Mess Together, and he looked at me and he said, I feel like you're a more capable person now that we have moved out to the farm. Mm -hmm. And I had to totally agree with him. 
when I lived in town and didn't have a lot of outside stuff that I really had to do, I relied on having other people do all sorts of things for me. And I, I really thought that I wasn't able to do those things. Like I had told myself, I can't do that. I have to hire the landscaper to do it. Or I can't do that. I have to wait until my husband gets home to do that. But now that I'm out here, I feel like I have the space to experiment more and to make mistakes, mm-hmm. which has only helped me feel more capable or more like I can do, quote unquote, man's things. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, it's like when you're just forced into a situation where those things aren't as accessible, you can really dig deep and figure out kind of what you're made of. And what you're actually capable of. And I think it would surprise a lot of people. Um, and, and there's like a an inner joy or party that happens when you do something for the first time. And you didn't think it was possible to do it yourself. So it's a really cool feeling. Um, so yeah, that's interesting that he pointed that out to you. Because that could have been taken the really wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have been. And it's like the work that I'm doing today. So my whole family is out of town right now. They're coming back tonight, though. So I feel good about saying it because they'll be back by the time everyone <laughs> hears it. So no one will come murder me in my sleep. That's good. Because <laughs> I listen to a murder podcast. So I think about dumb things like that. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> today I'm installing my tomato trellis and... Well, last year I wasn't physically capable of it because I was really injured. The year before, I wouldn't have attempted it by myself because I was still in that mindset of, oh, Jared's the one that uses the tools and like digs the holes and does like the quote unquote men's things. But they're Mm -hmm. gone so that I, well, they're visiting Jared's mom for Mother's Day. But uh, while they're gone, I'm taking advantage of the time to install my tomato trellis myself, which requires pounding in T-posts and stretching some fence. And I'm digging out some grass, like all things that I wouldn't have thought I was capable of. And that's not necessarily like man's work. There's plenty of women that are tough badasses that do stuff Mm -hmm. like that all the time. And they might be rolling their eyes at me. It's okay. (laughs) But I'm at the beginning journey of this, figuring out what I'm made of and what I'm capable of. And I'm having a really good time doing it by myself. Yeah. And that's why I stayed here and didn't go because I would have loved to see my mother-in-law for Mother's Day. But I knew that we were going to have really nice weather for it. So and I was going to have a whole day undisturbed to do it. Well, I guess we're recording this podcast in the middle of it, but it's a good break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is a really good example of your evolution of thought of yourself too and and of those roles and that maybe you were placing those limitations on yourself and it wasn't anybody else doing it. So it's oh, kind of that, sure. going back to that whole projecting things onto yourself and um, having those limited beliefs, you know, and just acknowledging those and crushing them. Um, I think that's awesome. Yeah. And then maybe later today, I'll bake a delicious loaf of sourdough bread. And hopefully when my 13-year-old son comes home, he will bake me some cookies because he's the cookie master <laughs> in this house now. It, I have lost that title it is not mine anymore. Now it's my 13-year-old son's. And I mean, it's it's cool to to be able to to share those things. Yeah. I had some of those cookies when I was there. They were good. Yeah. He bakes a pretty mean cookie. And they've he only does. gotten better. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even bothering anymore. I'll make the bread. You make the cookies. <laughs> hey, that is fair. <laughs> so I, I really feel like just to kind of, you know, conclude things, 
the overall theme of this discussion has just been that, you know, farming should really be more of relying on each other, whether that's like a full blown community, or even if it's just, you know, a family member or your husband or your wife or your partner or whoever that, um, is around. Um, it's awesome to rely on each other and that's okay. And, and to just put less focus on who is doing what, I think it's great that we are seeing a lot of loud and proud women on Instagram farming. Um, because some people, I think I saw an article flying around on Instagram. Some people are, are still like, why is a woman doing that? And it just boggles my mind that some people still think that way. Um, so I think it's important to note when a woman does something uh, that might be considered man's work. But it's okay if you're not doing what all the other girls are doing right now. <laughs> or all the other <laughs> women are doing. Um, if you're good with just kind of being middle of the road and dabbling in each um that's totally fine too you shouldn't feel shameful if you're not you know driving the tractors or if you're baking the bread like you should there should be no shame in either as long as you're happy i think that's kind of what we were trying to get at yeah um i actually have that article up if you want me to read it really quick oh yeah yeah let's let's read that article because (laughs) that might fire some people up about these gender roles (laughs) Well, and this is why these conversations still matter and while they're important, because some people might think that they're not needed because in whatever corner of the world that they're in, it, you know, gender roles aren't, they're more fluid. They're not so defined like they Mm -hmm. used to be, but there are still corners of the world where people send things like this to their newspaper. So to this city for hiring women workers doing men's job, jobs, Case in point, the two lady workers shown on the front page of Tuesday, April 30th's paper doing crosswalk painting. Why aren't men doing that? Mm-hmm. And roast to men and society in general for giving men's jobs over to women. Men are fully capable of doing their own work. And there was nothing wrong in the past when men went out to work and women women generally stayed home and worked. Bottom line is we need to get men working again. Men, take back your jobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> And the editor's note was, this is an actual submission, and we had a conversation on whether or not we should print it, but we chose to. And to the writer, what year do you think this is? To our readers, (laughs) please feel free to fill next Monday's section with responses to this. (laughs) I mean, and so that's why it matters. And one of the things that I recently heard in a book that I'm listening to, I I can't remember if it's the one that I'm listening to now or the one that I listened to last time, so I can't tell you what book it's in. But she said that nostalgia is one of the worst things that we can do to ourselves from a happiness perspective because our mind remembers things as more amazing than they actually were. Yeah. That's just the way that our brains work. A, they're kind of protecting us from some of the more sad or dramatic things that may have gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also gives us this like looking at the world through rose colored glasses idea. We look at the past as if it was better then because we're afraid of the future. Yeah, there was a time that we couldn't vote though. So <laughs> I mean, um... obviously, I'm not looking at that as <laughs> nostalgic because, yeah. <laughs> but that could go back to the times where things were, you know, the maybe. The style of dress was really kind of fun. <laughs> and but maybe there are friends, maybe there are men that remember when women couldn't vote as being a better time. Yeah, and you know, and I just find it really interesting that what triggered that gentleman was women doing crosswalk painting. Like to me, like 
how is that considered just men's work? I can't, I can't understand it. I, I, the thing is, I just don't understand him, I guess, period. And, yeah. and that's okay. <laughs> um, and I still think if, if you can manage to stay home and if that's what you want to do, that's great. But the, the fact of the matter is, like, especially with student loans, like maybe, maybe, you know, women shouldn't go to college, but with student loans, like there's no way. (laughs) Don't let people get that idea in their head. (laughs) But if there is like no way with the amount of student loan debt I have that I would ever let my husband pay that for me unless he was like making way, 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 way more money than me than maybe but it's like uh with with the debt load that a lot of people have there's no it's very difficult for people to have one parent stay at home and not do any kind of work whether it's considered men or women's work yeah and you'll find even a lot of women that are homeschooling their children and staying home they still do some sort of side thing as well because life has just gotten really expensive and the future is semi-uncertain not to say that it's scary but it's nice to feel like you have a little hold on something or like you have a little control on something. So yeah, so I think you're right that there are certain corners of the world or certain people that still feel like, you know, they have that nostalgia thing or they're just a little ignorant to how things actually are now um, and what is actually needed to just survive as a family. Um, Like... (laughs) I've even heard of people, women that have stopped working because it would been, they would have spent their whole paycheck towards daycare. Oh, yeah. So things are really expensive. I just think it is important to point out and have those conversations that women can do a lot of the things that men can do. But it's also okay if you aren't trying to just smash the shit out of the glass ceiling all the time, if that's not your jam. Because if it's not your jam, it's not going to be any fun. Yep. Absolutely. Do the shit that makes your heart happy. Yes, and ward off the dicks with all the positive vibes. Amen to that. (laughs) Grubblies from Grubbly Farms is the official choice of treat for our flocks. Grubblies are safer for your flock because they're oven dried and grown in America. Grubblies have 50% more calcium than other chicken snacks, and this means it'll help your ladies have tougher eggshells. And they're packed with protein which means healthier, shinier feathers. Now that's what I call a guilt-free snack. Also, did you know that you can buy your Grubblies in bulk and you can subscribe and save 10% off every time without needing to remember to log in and order? Lifesaver. Yes, we love the treat tanks that hold five pounds of Grubblies and it's essential that we never run out or the whole flock will have a case of rusting beak face. Keep your treat tanks full with a subscription. They always ship free, save you 10%, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. So head over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to save 15% off your first one-time order or the first month of your subscription. And now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Yay! Woo! It's my new favorite corner. I know. It's a good corner. Um... 
I feel like it's almost like Sam's Rage Corner. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you have some good vibes to share this week. (laughs) I do. I always have some good vibes to share. Eventually, something's going to piss me off and I'll bring back like a Bev's Bitchy Corner. But since I've been on this self-reflection journey that I'm on, I've been trying really hard not to let negative things get to me. Mm. So I'm like a good vibes only kind of person. But good vibes only is also toxic. Like you, you have to... You have to deal with bad shit when it comes towards you. But anyways, tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Be better. All right. So there's a slew of farm-related podcasts now, and I'm crazy excited about them. So I wanted to share them. And recently, I've started listening to the Rural Woman podcast, um, which is a podcast where uh, it's Wild Rose Farmer on Instagram. And she interviews women and helps them tell their farm stories. And she interviews women farmers. She interviews homesteaders. Uh, they're they're just really good and refreshing. Re- refreshing. Hold on. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> refreshing. And just shines a positive light uh, on women in Mm -hmm. agriculture in whatever capacity that it's in i'm all about the positivity yes and then the next podcast that i've been listening to is shine bright which is by farm her and the ladies that run farm her are interviewing women in ag um, and women who are ag advocates and i legit cried during their first episode Oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The woman they interviewed, uh, she talked about how she received some help when she needed it from a total stranger while she was traveling. Because she did like this uh, interview a farmer in all 50 states. So she did like a whole year on the road, which sounds insane and and really tough. But this woman did it. And she had a car accident and she needed some help like in the middle of nowhere in Nevada. And... Um, one of the things that she was doing as part of her research and interview um, was that she was always talking about just like how intrinsically good the farming community is and rural areas are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by having that experience, she came to realize that there are good people everywhere. And it kind of reminded me of that first episode of Bless This Mess when all the neighbors, you know, came out to fix the roof. Is that a spoiler? I mean, kind of, I guess. Mm. That's okay. I mean, I'm sorry. He had a surfboard up there. So (laughs) if anybody thought he was going to fix it himself, like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like the reason why it, it made me cry was that we've also had similar experiences here since we moved. Um, Mm -hmm. We had people that were total strangers help us during our car accident when that happened over a year ago. Mm-hmm. And we've had neighbors that have helped us countless times when we've needed it, even though, like, they didn't owe us anything. Like, they just did it because they wanted to and because they're good people. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to feel like an outsider when you enter into somewhere that's, like, quote, unquote, a small, tight-knit community. Um, but chances are they don't see you as an outsider. Right. And I still feel like an outsider here, even though I've been here for, you know, we're coming up on two years since we've been here. Um, but like while I was at breakfast this morning alone, the server, which I know her, I see her all the time because I go in there all the time. It's the only place to get breakfast in my town. <laughs> she <laughs> asked me where my beautiful family was. And like Aww. that made me feel like I belonged. So mm-hmm. I was listening to that. 
And then my server asked me that. And then I listened to a podcast and I cried. And (laughs) (laughs) it's like, I'm all, I don't, it's me that feels like an outsider, not anybody else that makes me feel that way. So, right. Yeah. That's Shine Bright by Farm Her. Totally went on another tangent, but that's okay. This is the tangent episode. (laughs) And another farm podcast that I started listening to was the NE Where podcast. And that's capital N, capital E, and a space. And then the word, where it's like nebraska is what the ne stands for oh yeah because at first i thought it was like northeast oh. so thank you for <laughs> clarifying that well it's two ladies that are in nebraska and they drink while they're podcasting and talk about their rural farm lives oh. so i love it because i feel like the four of us could actually really be good friends oh that would be fun <laughs> like in real life and in like the podcast verse um, and I love hearing about how they do things and how their rural lives are. Uh, there's some crossover and then there's some areas where it's so different. So mm-hmm. it's really fun. And then the last podcast that I've been listening to is Jensen and Holes, The Murder Squad. Not farming related, um, but I'm obsessed with it. I think it's, I was going to use the word fun, but it's not because it's about murder. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. That's a good yeah. word. Okay. Yeah, intriguing. they talk about <laughs> intriguing. There we go. They talk about um, unsolved crimes and mm. ask for like the public's help in in solving them. So it, it like it gets my brain going a little bit, which I love. Like so unsolved mysteries, kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So what can't you get over this week? Well. Before I get into the main thing, when I was doing some Googling this morning, I actually stumbled across another podcast, too, that's called Transformation, mm. um, and it is a twice-monthly podcast feature that talks about farming um, and navigating how they went through tough times, um, and I think one of the first episodes is how to not let the farm wreck your marriage. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and and they talk about how there's farm life and family life and how do you navigate being a family without things that um they're mad about like the farm getting in the way. So like one thing that pops into my mind is like it's really hard to take like an international vacation when you have a farm. Yeah. <laughs> and we haven't taken like a really big trip since we moved here. So um you know, things like that that you don't necessarily think about when you buy a farm that will become more complicated um and and i think it'll be interesting to tune into that one i haven't done it yet um but it's on my to-do list to check that one out um so that one's probably a little more like serious um probably not so like funny haha but could be interesting and since it's only twice a month i feel like i can handle like a serious podcast twice a month yeah, it's all about balance and what you're listening to, right? Like, I feel like yeah. I get a little more immature when I just listen to comedy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or a little more paranoid when we just listen to murder podcasts all the time. Exactly. Yeah. So so my real, I can't even this week, I was stumbling or I was Googling again this morning. I like Google. Um, and I stumbled across this Ag Daily article by Krista Stoffer. And she is a wife, mother of three, and first generational, first generation millennial dairy farmer. Um, and she works side by side with her husband and kids on their 200 cow dairy. So she knows what she's doing. 
Um, and the actual starts with her describing how she's helplessly, you know, watching these farmers in Australia continually be harassed by animal rights act- activists. And like hundreds of people will show up on their farms harassing farmers, chaining themselves to equipment, stealing animals, all sorts of com- stuff that's like just completely out of control. And, um, a couple had to actually close their small family store and farm due to continuous harassment. And now she's really concerned because she's seen in a, in a recent post that this is now happening in Canada. And the example she gives is that like 200 activists descended on a family farm in Abbotsford, Abbotsford, just 45 minutes away from their farm. Um, and in like, if you do any kind of like farm Googling or like PETA watching, <laughs> um, you might have seen that there was like this hog farm, um, in the news and, uh, it had recently been the target of a trespasser who had accessed their barn at night and they recorded video and submitted the video to PETA and in true PETA fashion, the clips were highly edited before a short segment was released to the world. The activist took over the farm early Sunday morning, entering the barn illegally and set up camp. And what's crazy to me, and I can't even understand, is that after these people like came to the barn, uh, the police were summoned and the activists refused to leave until the media had been invited to the farm to document the protest and what was going on inside the barns. So I don't know, maybe like Canadian police and people are too nice, but I would have told them to like get the F out. Um, like, I don't, I don't know why we were catering to basically emotional terrorism. <laughs> like, like mob mentality. Yeah. But, but the farmers and the law enforcement let, and you know, let them in and the farmer led a media tour of his facility And the farm's vet also made a special visit to inspect the animals. And after the tour, the activists left the barn and the 35 who had entered the barn were arrested. Like, freaking finally. After that whole media circus, really. And, you know, Krista goes on in the article to remark that it makes zero sense that 200 people showed up on a farm because they watched some YouTube video and decided they didn't like how this farmer, a complete stranger to them, they didn't like how he was farming. And they would not leave until their demands of media coverage and entry into the barns, with the exception of the 35 who went in there without permission, were met. And and everyone was just okay with it. Like, I can't even, I can't. Like, that's not okay. Disagreeing with someone doesn't make, um, doesn't make sense for like a, a mob of 200 people to show up and it be okay when it's somebody's home in a place of, of business or a farm. It doesn't give them the right to do so just because they disagree with a quick YouTube video that PETA put out. So not to create any fear mongering because I'm not about that, but People are threatening to do this very same thing in America um, on family farms like Krista's, uh, you know, with somebody that is a serious dairy farmer. And I have serious dairy farmers in my family. The thought of this happening to them makes my stomach turn. Um, So there are a few things that you can consider doing um, 
to prevent or discourage this kind of behavior. And some of it's probably going to just make you feel kind of helpless, to be honest. But she suggests a few things like immediately placing no trespassing signs along your property at all entries to your farm and the buildings. And you can check your state laws and signage to ensure you have the correct distance between signs as well as correct verbiage which seems ridiculous that I have to follow those standards in, in order for the laws to be effective. We have like, to make sure that it's being communicated <laughs> effectively, probably. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. It's my property, not yours. Get the hell off. You could just say GTFO. <laughs> yeah. And that should be the international sign for GTFO. I would think out. so. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can install gates at all points of entry to your farm, Lock all the buildings in the shop when they're not in use. Ensure that all your family members and if you have employees on your farm are on the same page about who is allowed on the farm. Um, train all your employees and maybe even coach your family on how to handle asking someone to leave the farm and what to do if they refuse to leave. And if you are alerted of a possible attack on your farm, notify authorities immediately. And kind of like mentioned before, in general, it's good to familiarize yourself with the laws pertaining to trespassing in your state. And if they do show up, keep your cool, ask them to leave, and call the authorities. Which I think my husband would probably be pretty good about keeping their cool, but me, I'd be like, where's the shotgun? Because <laughs> I have very much like like fight or flight, and <laughs> mine's like a mixture. <laughs> well, and it's easy to get overly emotional when you feel personally attacked. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's maybe where his, like, gender role as a man is probably better than my emotional reaction. <laughs> so I'll at least give him that in in those kind of stereotypes. Um, and and <laughs> she kind of goes on to point out, you know, um, she says that after she looked at all the state laws um, in criminal trespass in the first degree, which is to knowingly enter or remain unlawfully in a building. So this does not apply to them just coming onto your property. Um, this act is a gross misdemeanor punishable by up to 364 days in county jail and or a fine of up to $5,000. And most rural, rural jails are overcrowded and large activist groups um, have funding for these protests, so their fine would most likely be completely covered, and them seeing jail time is highly unlikely. Um, so that's kind of discouraging, but you know, if this is something that you're really concerned about or passionate about, you can always contact your local representatives and asking them what they plan on doing to protect family farms in the future, as well as ensuring that such acts have higher consequences than a slap on a wrist and or a small fine. So I thought that was just kind of insane that people are getting away with this in the name of activism or, you know, even like free speech. I'm all about free speech. Um, and it's okay if I don't agree with you, but when you start, you know, coming onto farms and disrupting people and I, and there was like some pig farm that Peter went to, I don't know if it's the same thing or not. Um, but they went in there and they actually stressed out the animals so badly that the animals started freaking out and a couple of them died because they got trampled. I remember that. Because of what they did. Yeah. 
So for them to think that that's okay and to put my animals at actual risk because of their assumptions that they're making and that they might not see any kind of punishment is just, it feels like some kind of weird loophole that just shouldn't be there. Yeah, it does. And, you know, like we live in an age where, so what they're doing is totally not right. It, it's ridiculous. But one other way that, that we can combat it as, as people who, who farm with good intentions is to just be really open with the public about your farming practices. Right. But not I to feel like, like put the burden on farmers. Cause that's not what I mean, but right. Yeah. I mean like there's just, everybody has a YouTube channel and everybody has a website now. So like just right. share pictures of your animals and what your practices are. Cause there, there are some people who are farming in really inappropriate manners. It's still not right mm-hmm. to do this to them. Right. Uh, because it's illegal. But I think that's, these people think that they're doing the right thing and they're just really going about it in a really right. shitty, 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 shitty manner. Right. Like they're fully aware they're doing something illegal and that they could get arrested, but they're like trying to be activist warriors. And it's, it's almost like a badge of honor if they're doing something illegal and they get arrested. Um, and, and to play like devil's advocate, I think, you know, we all, a lot of us on Instagram do a good job of sharing you know, how well our flocks or animals are treated. But when you have that level of ignorance, um, they're likely not to pay attention to that good stuff because it it goes against what their true beliefs are. And because a lot of that are still happening, like some of us smaller farmers might be easy pickings. So that's just a devil advocate's point <laughs> yeah, and a very like negative spin on it but I almost feel like it's realistic because I've I've heard of people's like in some of the goat groups that I'm in people these smaller farms um they'll come quote unquote rescue a baby goat and take it away from its mother when it's just a couple days old and they have no idea how to take care of it (laughs) yeah and that puts that little animal at risk it does when it was the situation was perfectly fine so I think I think you're absolutely right that we should keep showing that there's a lot of good out there and that small Harvey farms can actually help promote better practices. Um, Because I think if we can keep growing that, it'll help. But um, I think there are other things we could do too if if we feel passionate about it. Yeah, for sure. (sighs) So Sam's corner was like kind of a rant again. (laughs) That's okay. We're going to end it on an upbeat note. Yes, I love it. Because <laughs> we got a positive iTunes review. Woo! We like those. Happy dance. Happy dance yes. all over the place. <laughs> so this one is from Jackie W516. And she says, five clucking stars. Aww. Absolutely love listening to this podcast. Sam and Bev are very entertaining. I feel like I'm hanging out with friends and laughing along with them through the podcast. They cover a lot of important topics, random topics, fun stuff. It's a little mix of everything. Five clucking stars for Drink and Farm. (laughs) So thanks, Jackie W. That makes our hearts happy. Yes, it does. And you can leave us um, an iTunes review. Uh, I figured out a way that people without Apple can do it. Ooh. Yeah, you just go to the Google and you Google iTunes 
we drink and we farm things and our iTunes page comes up and there's a place to rate and review us on there. Oh, nice. Yeah, just like from a regular old internet browser. I know that made me sound really not very technical, but. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I didn't know that we could do that either. And I work in healthcare IT, so. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I'm more technical than that. I was just trying to use words I knew everybody would understand. (laughs) You got it. You got it. And I think that's a nice little segue into our housekeeping. Yes. Coop Camp dates have been announced June 7th through 9th. The link is in the show notes. We have the most amazing presentation for you. (laughs) We're working on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. And make sure you take our survey. Give us anonymous feedback. That link is in the show notes. And you can join our Facebook group. It's over on Facebook. You look up We Drink and We Farm Things. Answer the questions. Oh, my gosh. Please answer the questions. We have like three people in purgatory right now because they didn't answer the questions. Well, and I've started messaging people when they don't answer the questions. Oh, you're so nice. I know. I am. I try so hard. (laughs) (laughs) So answer the questions. That's it. Yes. And we already told you how to review us. So if you really like us, if you download the episode when you listen and or hit that subscribe button, that actually helps us quite a bit too. So uh, if you can just go do those things, we would be eternally grateful. And we saw merch. There will be a link to both shops in the show notes. And one of those merch things is the cup that Sam is drinking out of today. Yes. And we have a hashtag. Use hashtag drink and farm on Instagram. Anytime you are drinking something you love and farming safely. Um, No drinking and using heavy machinery or doing heavy lifting when you're like three beers in. Not recommended. But we do share them every Tuesday and Thursday. And we'll probably start posting more of them in our stories um, as a way to share this community with you. And... Um, you guys can meet each other and talk to each other and um, lean on each other as we're all doing this farming thing. And the last thing that we have is we have a YouTube channel now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And episode one's up there now, isn't it? Uh, Episode one through three. Oh my gosh. How is the audio on that? (laughs) So I didn't listen to the other two. The only reason why I had to listen to part of episode one is because I couldn't find it. I lost the original, so I had to download it from our website, and I was really bummed about that because I I was listening to it, and I was like, shit, I need to fix the audio on that, so I was going to, um, but I can't find the original files, so episode one lives as it is now forevermore, Yes, and that's just the way it is. Apparently, I didn't know how to save things and make backups when we had episode one. No, it's fine. And you know what? Our audio is much better now because of wonderful listeners like you that just keep coming back for more and keep supporting us in every little way that you can. And now we don't make your ears bleed, we hope. Yes. um, When we put out a new episode. (laughs) So the reason why um, we made a YouTube channel is because some people do like to listen to podcasts on YouTube. Um, And there's a couple of other things we're going to do with it. Uh, My husband's going to set up the GoPro just like facing out towards like the goat pasture and inside the, the, um, what's it called? The coop, you know, the place where the chickens live. Yeah. Um, And that video is going (laughs) to run in the background while our podcasts are running for the newer ones. Yeah. Our old ones are just going to be the covers that I'm making really quick and throwing up there. But 
uh, once he figures out how to set it up and get it to record for the right amount of time, we'll just start having random farm footage, which will be kind of fun because you can just like, I don't know, watch my goats play for an hour. <laughs> and I get to come visit you and record your place for a few hours so that you can just like, I don't know, see what our farms look like. It'll be kind of fun. Yeah. Watch Sam's goats just sit around and chew their cud for an hour. <laughs> I mean, it sounds pretty meditative if you ask me. It does. Uh, but the other thing, too, is uh, we're going to bring the GoPro to, like, Coop Camp and a couple of other things. So if we can figure out how to put together some videos, like, I might record our presentation. Oh, yeah. So that we can idea. actually put a video of it up. Because I was planning on repli- on releasing the audio because we'll be able to record it thanks to our Coop Camp sponsors, which is Henny and Rue and First Saturday Lime and all of you awesome people on Patreon. Uh we have the stuff that we need to actually record while we're there, but I thought it would be fun to actually put the video of it up because then you can see our faces and how we like move our hands and I don't know, see which one's Sam and which one's Bev. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's probably like you're making up pictures in your head of what we actually look like. And I'm sure we look nothing like what you think. <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what the YouTube is for. But we'll eventually get all of the backlogged episodes up there. Eventually, the new episodes will go up there. So if YouTube is your preferred way to listen, you'll have that eventually. I promise. Yes. Yes. But thanks for listening, guys. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this episode. That's what it's called. Yes. <laughs> yep. It is an episode. Yes. So drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things.